everyone, and welcome back to this episode of the show. Today, we are talking with Mackenzie Mater all about websites. If you've seen my website, then you've seen some of Mackenzie's work. I was lucky enough to have her build my site, and it's just one of those things where I really love and I always feel good about inviting people to my online space. If you want to build a website for your business, then this is the episode for you. We talk about at what point in your business she recommends that you build a website. We talk branding. We talk Wix and Squarespace versus WordPress. And she even shares some of her advice on how to get momentum going on a project. Because Mackenzie is one of those people I always reach out to when I'm having trouble getting started because she just really always has that momentum and the action going in her own business. For those of you who don't know Mackenzie, she's a web designer, branding strategist, WordPress fanatic, and mama who creates custom brands and strategic WordPress websites that are optimized to convert traffic into leads. Mackenzie helps talented, creative women all across the world put their best foot forward with beautiful, easy-to-use website templates for service providers. Working one-on-one with clients who are multi-six- and seven-figure entrepreneurs, New York Times bestseller authors and influencers, McKinsey redesigns outdated sites and branding to proven results, including tripling revenue, generating consistent leads, improving opt-ins, and developing partnerships. She lives in Kansas City with her husband, two kiddos, and a menagerie of rescued animals. In her free time, you can find her cheering on the Kansas State Wildcats, enjoying a cold glass of Pinot Grigio, or strolling the aisles of home goods. I can't wait to hear what you guys think about this episode. On to the show. Mackenzie, I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast today. I always enjoy getting to spend time with you, and this will be no exception, I'm sure. I am so excited to be here, mainly because it feels like we get to have like girl chat time. A hundred percent. Like I'm thinking, what else can we talk about? And then I can have you come back and we could just keep keep on going. <laughs> we will not have any problems coming up with content for this. <laughs> for sure. I would love it if for people that don't know you, if you could tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in the online space. Yeah. So my name is Mackenzie Mater. I am a brand and web designer and I have been working in the online space for almost four years now. Took a little bit of a journey to find the right service for me. And I've been doing that for three years now in web design. And so I've experienced lots of growth in this time to where I've dabbled in a little bit of everything from long-term projects, VIP days, selling my own templates, having a coaching program. And so that's how my journey has, in a very short, short condensed way, that's how my journey has kind of evolved. But right now I primarily help clients one-on-one with VIP design days. And then I am focusing on also coaching other designers on how to like pivot to the web design space. I'm working with a lot of like virtual assistants or people who are were undecided in their services and helping them learn the skills training on all the different programs, but then also like managing their business as well. And I think that's it about me. <laughs> yeah, I would love to at the end touch on your course a bit because I didn't realize you were also doing business training in there. Like I knew you were bringing all your expertise in tech and then also design, which I feel like a lot of times 
in what I do, I run across people who are really strong at one or the other. Like they might be a really amazing at tech and building, but then the design side struggles a little bit, or there's amazing designers who then don't know how to build or translate that to a website or to a, a sales page or something. So the fact that you also do business building in there is incredible. Like that, <laughs> that program has everything. Yeah, we, well, we touch on like setting up systems and um, running sales calls and the workflow and managing projects, things like that, that will help them like run the back end side of the business. Uh, you, you need that once you're ready with your skill set, right? So it's kind of like sure. an all in one package. Yeah, I feel like a million years ago, literally a million years ago, I took a coaching program and became certified in coaching before my daughter was born, uh, my first. And I got done with that program and there was no business training in there really. And so I had this skill and then I didn't know how to build a business in the online space. And ultimately that's where I could have looked locally, but still I would have needed to build some systems and things. And without that, I, at that time, just sort of abandoned that dream because I thought, I don't know how to have an opt-in. I I didn't even probably know what that word meant back then. I didn't know how to find clients to, I wouldn't have known where to start to build a website. And so the fact that the program, like your program is including that, it really sets people up for success. Yeah. And so that's the one thing that I say is that you like, there are like three pillars that really can like, I think, translate to any service that help you have a really successful business is that like, you need to get clear and confident in your skills. And that's like the skills training portion. Uh, The second pillar being that you need like systems in order to scale. And that's how I'm able to like run my business as a solopreneur. So once you have like a scalable system, like your workflows, you, you know, can manage projects easily, things like that, that removes a lot of time because it's repeatable process that you can just do over and over. The third thing is like marketing and positioning yourself as that expert to where you're able to land clients with your authority and position yourself for higher price points. And as somebody who has hired for clients out of your group now twice, thank you so much for that hiring form, by the way, we'll have that Mm -hmm. in the show notes. The quality of applicants for your group has just been absolutely incredible. I've been super happy to have found the people that we found. And then also just for trying to find women in tech and having a place to be able to go to find those, those people with the skills. And I know coming out of there that their quality, they're well-rounded, they take themselves seriously. It's just been a no brainer for me. Yeah. I have to brag on them because the community in itself, like they are so helpful to each other. It's really like, like collaboration over competition and like they're willing to help each other out. So I know that they would be great assets to like anyone's team. Yeah. I can't wait to to keep hiring them like out of there. Anytime there's an opportunity, like let's let's yeah. go to McKinsey's group. <laughs> <laughs> I we met, I mean, we met before this, but really like we got to talk and get to know each other when I heard you to do my website. And it's kind of leads up to <laughs> One question I like to ask is what makes a 
a good client, like a, what makes somebody ready for your type of services, whether that's a sales page, a website, and it could be that you have different tiers, right? Cause you have the template. So that could be, that's obviously a different customer than somebody who might want to book a VIP day. But when I, I know when I came to you, I was not the epitome of a great client because <laughs> I came in with a totally different service. And then I pivoted somewhere in the middle of our project. And so I remember boxing you and saying, hi, I'm, I'm changing my website. And then it took me forever to get my copy done. And you were so kind and and patient. And I, I sent you candy in the mail. So you would forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) But if we could talk a little bit about when somebody is ready for the different types of services that you offer, and then we can talk about what makes a really good client, like how somebody can come in prepared and just ready to make the best of the time that they're going to spend with you? Yeah. So I kind of would chunk it into like a few different groups, but I think that I'm team, like if you're starting a business and you don't really have any idea what you're doing, step one is not necessarily building your website. And so I think that those people unless you come in as having an expertise in like maybe in the corporate world and you're just taking it online, if you're starting brand new and just kind of dabbling, I think like just dabble and learn because taking out a website can be a big project and you don't want to get distracted from things that are actually going to help you like pinpoint and, and, and funnel down into your long-term vision in the beginning. And so I would say like, that's when I say, just hold off in the beginning. And then there is this like turning point, right? Once you've really honed in the service that you're offering, maybe you've landed a couple clients, but you're still in the beginning stages of your business to where hiring someone for done for you might just be outside of the budget or like the realm of possibilities for you. And so that's when I think a template could be a really good option because it's helping you. Like you don't have to start from scratch. It's getting you part of the way. Um, Hopefully you buy a template that comes with like tutorials and trainings on how to do everything. My personal templates do. And so that should help cut down on things. And you can use that template to simply get that online presence out there because that's part of like stepping into that, like positioning yourself as an expert. Like we would expect an expert in the space to at least have some website, but that's that middle ground there of maybe you're not necessarily having like exponential growth of like doubling and tripling your revenue each month or making $10,000, whatever that like line is that, you know, people have to hit. If you're in that middle ground where you're good and you're having momentum, the template is probably the best option for you. And then there's like that third container of you are that expert in that space. Um, You have consistent revenue in the fact that you're hitting your own goals, whatever those are. And you're looking to position yourself as like super polished and like being able to stand out from the crowd. And that is when it would come in to having somebody do custom design for you. And really, I think like there are people on all rank, like scales of this to where you can be in that third bucket and needing that like custom design 
but still work with someone who would be a newer beginner. And then there are some people that, you know, maybe you have a multi six figure business, like you could have someone who has three or four years experience in your niche to where you'd have a higher investment there for their experience. And I think overall, like in the first, well, the first bucket doesn't count, but the second bucket, you're like your own client if you're DIYing it. And so I think that the best thing for either or is really being confident in who you're reaching. Because when we're designing your brand or your website, we need to be clear on who we're trying to convert. Can't just try and convert everybody. The language would need to be different. The imagery would potentially like be different. And even if it's a personal brand, right? Like I like to say, you're not designing for yourself, but you should still like your brand if you're a personal brand. It's like you're selling yourself, right? And so you have to think of the other side of it. Like it's not just like picking the colors that you want to be seen by because we we know I would have a different color palette if that was the case. (laughs) Right. All purple Um, all day. (laughs) Yeah. Just plastered everywhere. But we need to really be clear on that person because that influences the copy that we're writing, the photos that you would shoot, and then like the layout of the site and the accents and the whole shipping. That would be like the number one thing. And I feel like most people are clear on that. And it's like, you don't have to go into some crazy like avatar exercise or anything like that, but we need to think with that end in mind. And then more logistical things for clients that I always, not always, I experienced often was just timeline. Like when you're looking for a designer who Uh, I was very new when we worked together with you too, to where I didn't have these processes of like, we're going to start on this date. We're going to move to this on this date and this on this date. But I would look to them for guidance on the timeline as far as when are things due and what is due and being respectful of that is important because if, if you're not able to get within their timeline and they have a full roster of clients, it's either going to snowball for them to where they have 10 at one time, or you're going to be put in the back of the line. And so that to-do list that they would give you at the beginning of a project is very important to where I would like, go put that on your calendar, have task dates of what you're going to do when, because that all dominoes that come after it could be affected. Okay. So I want to go back first to the templates because I think what people don't also know about your website templates, if they haven't come across them before is that they're WordPress website templates and they start at $37, which I think some people maybe who didn't know about tech or the online space wouldn't realize that like, that's your whole site. Like you said, you have training videos, you have the templates for the pages and they can have an entire website for that price. Can you talk about maybe why you priced it that way? And there's a range of templates online and how people can maybe decide, obviously they can, they've probably done some research, but I think from people who are newer to the space or they're not very techie, it's always nice to touch on, like why would somebody choose a WordPress site over a Squarespace site? Why would they choose a builder in WordPress like Beaver Builder Elementor versus something like Wix? I always like to compare them in the fact that Wix is 
marketed as that complete DIY solution. And you can have that DIY solution on a different platform where you actually own your site and where you have more flexibility and more growth potential for probably the same and or sometimes maybe cheaper prices. Because when we look at places like Wix and sometimes I don't I don't know a ton about Squarespace development, but like Wix, when you want to add different features that cost you money and doing extra things like the plugins or the plan you have to upgrade to can be they're low cost things, right? But then you might be paying $30, $40 a month for your hosting when WordPress hosting can be more affordable than that price range. And you know that the sky is really the limit in that development. I think that people lean towards those DIY solutions of Squarespace and Wix because they they think it's easier. Like I won't necessarily like break something or I don't know how to code. How am I going to put it together? But truthfully, you can have that same kind of a feel and one that I think that is is honestly sometimes easier once you get comfortable on WordPress when you use page builders like Elementor or Beaver Builder. You get to use that drag and drop technology that the other platforms have. But WordPress is so much more robust in the fact that on your WordPress site, it's you can add in blogs for SEO and it's the best platform for you to be able to optimize and do that all in one. And then also the different plugins or capabilities that you could potentially have when you want to add on a sales funnel or embed like podcast things. There, You just don't have to worry about there being the opportunity for you to develop it to a certain extent because a third of the internet is built on WordPress. And so the flexibility is there for you to choose and you can still have a very simple site, which like my starter templates are more geared towards just getting something simple and polished up as soon as possible. And you can accomplish that with those, with starter templates and like, Elementor or Beaver Builder without having to go into that overly techie side of things. But once your business grows and maybe you're ready to invest in a professional designer or add on those sales funnels and things like that, you won't have to move everything to a new platform. I do a lot of moving people off of other platforms and you can stay in that same spot and add on the building blocks to your site for whatever functionality you need. And also if you don't like the customer service that you receive from your host or you have uh, like the tech issues with it, you can package up that website and move it somewhere else if you need to. Um, You can't do that with any of the other platforms. They don't speak to each other, right? But WordPress Self-hosted WordPress can be moved to any other self-hosted WordPress host quite easily, and you don't have to start over from scratch. Yeah. I think one of my, maybe, I don't know why this is my pet peeve. Maybe it should be yours and it's not. But, you know, there are some big influences in the space who I think bridge that gap. Like people come in because they are big names 
and they're well known. So people coming from whatever background that's not in the online space sort of find them. And then those coaches or course providers, then they say, you know, they might have an affiliate partnership with somebody who does Wix or does Squarespace. And then they direct all their traffic in there. And from what I see, I feel like people who I know are coming from some of those funnels are always going to have these kind of templates that are not built on WordPress. And for me, it's a pet peeve because I feel like they, they know, I guess I can't speak to what they There's, know. They're potentially saying that while still running their business on WordPress. <laughs> yes. Or that too. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funny thing is you can, if you want to dig deep into it, you can see what people are recommending for the affiliate dollars, but actually go and look at what they personally use in their business. And it might be different. <laughs> yes, sometimes. Or sometimes I've reached out to providers that are built. It's always a conversation, right? Because I've talked to other website providers who sometimes say that they'll build on WordPress and then their site is on Squarespace. And sometimes it's like the cobbler's children have no shoes, right? It's like you built something 10 years ago and you're just using it. But sometimes it, you know, it does give me pause when I'm hiring because I'm like, you know, if you're building on this, are you really that proficient if your stuff isn't on there? You know, and then that's, it's a question, a conversation to have. Yeah, absolutely. And I know like me personally, all of the websites that I build are on WordPress, but I do use a few different builders for funnels for people as well. And so I think that if a service provider or someone is not using those things themselves, having a discussion with them on what they would recommend and why is important because I would tell you all day long that you need to be on WordPress for a, you know, website, but I understand that not everyone has the exact same needs when it comes to maybe funnels that they're building or additional projects that they're doing. And so there are different solutions that are acceptable and there's probably pros and cons to all of them. Right. And and having that information is helpful. And so something I like try to give my clients is here's what I would recommend, but there are other solutions that would be good for you as well. So it's not always that one thing is superior, although I do think WordPress is superior. <laughs> but there are like, I mean, it's like, what scheduler do you use? You know, there are different options and there are pros and cons. And so... And sometimes it's not worth switching somebody from a systems perspective and like the OBM side, sometimes something might be better, but if the client's not going to use it, if they've already spent time, energy, and usually money building out a certain system, there's, you have to look at all those things before deciding to switch over. But I do think when you're looking to hire, having somebody who can build on different things, because you might run into somebody who just builds sales pages on Kajabi, for example. And so there, we know that that's their preference and that's what they really like, but to have somebody who can offer you a perspective of here's, you know, three or four that I use, here's what I think would be great for your business, your tech stack, whatever that is, is really valuable because even for me, you know, I, for my project management tool, I prefer ClickUp and I, I can come in and help somebody build out a ClickUp a lot faster because I already have templates. I already have 
everything in mind and all the integrations that I know it can do and that I want to do. And so even for me, it's, I have to check myself and be like, this is not the right tool for a lot of people because the level of customization is going to really frustrate some people and it's just might not be what they need. And so trying to always think about what's good for the client, even though I have my own certain preferences is sometimes a struggle. Yeah. Absolutely. It's you got to make those pros and cons lists. And I really think for the most part, what, like you said, those other systems that may be integrating is probably the biggest deciding factor when we're talking like tech side of things, because like an all-in-one funnel builder might be too robust. If you have 30,000 people on your list in active campaign. And so maybe a a page builder that focuses on design would be the best served there. If you don't have anything in place, maybe an all-in-one is best for you. So that way it's, you don't have to manage 37 different things and everybody like runs their services, their workflows, their funnels, just in it. There's basics, right? But yeah, there are different little nuances that you have to take into account. And everybody has their non-negotiables. Like that's what I always ask. Like what is out of your, out of every software you're using, what are you, are you just going to hold on to until you die? Like you're not going to give up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I understand. So I wonder if we could touch on branding a little bit because you talked about branding that you still like, but also keeps your ideal client in mind. And I know um, back when we did my site, a lot of what I saw my peers doing at that time was very polished, corporate, professional color palettes. So there were these very muted palettes. And I felt like I don't want to have a site where I look at and kind of go blah. Because I'm not saying those sites are blah. A lot of times they can evoke a really great feeling of calmness or... They're right for the right client, right? We all have different ideal clients. Like I really love to work with other moms who get it because I have babies jumping in and out usually. And I love to work with people who, you know, I might just, they're all over the country, but somebody I would just, you know, be happy to catch up and grab a drink with, you know, that kind of personality that, is super friendly and you just feel like you would be friends with like that is like icing on the cake for an ideal client. And so we all have different friends. We all like different things to where some people might like a more corporate client and the relationship that comes with that. Some people are going to want just a different personality. And so that's what you have to think about is what makes you happiest in the moment working with a client and kind of roll back from there. Right. Mm -hmm. This is why in the beginning, it's hard to know those things without that experience because you might be surprised, but so thinking about who you really enjoy working with and rolling back. And I think in your position, having a unique color palette and vibe of your website helps you stand out in your personality of in particular, that the services you offer are those more like business operations. It's not overly sexy, you know, like it just in general, but it can be a very pleasant and fun thing when you bring in the right personality, right? Like having, having someone take over those things 
who's not a a robot in a sense, like knowing what you're going to get is something that can really like catch people's eyes. I know I just did a therapist website this week and she was like, I want to be different. She's like, I don't want people to come to my site and see muted greens and pictures of trees and things like that. Like I want to stand out because I don't do therapy the way that other people do therapy. And the fact that I'm super vulnerable and let them in on my life. And she was like, most people won't let that curtain down. Just like, it's not like I'm not professional, but it's a major shift from the norm. And so when we designed a site, we kept that in mind of that, like, her brand photos are more used throughout the site instead of stock photos and things that you might traditionally see. Those are the things that will help once someone lands on your site and sees those unique things to you, they're not going to forget it, right? Like you would not forget this woman's website if you saw it. Definitely. (laughs) People don't forget your little watermelon, you know? know. They better not because... I would like to be gifted all the watermelon things in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's nice to have, I think it's really critical to have someone who can also support you because for me, I tend to really want to push things as far as I can push them. And I do sometimes need somebody to tell me like, that's a little, like maybe not that far. (laughs) So. (laughs) I'm working on the cover art for this podcast right now. And so some of the concepts that I have, I I know I'm sending them to the person who's doing the photographs for the cover and they're like, okay, well, how about we take this concept and like, and shift it a little bit. Right. So I think having somebody you can trust and know that they have your best interests at heart, it just allows you to show up fully and be really creative. And then they can tell you like, you know, maybe that you've crossed the line between what you would just really like, like what, what you would put up in your own home versus what you would put up if you had an office that people were coming to. Yeah. So when somebody is thinking about hiring someone to build a sales page or build a website for them, or they're just trying to decide between maybe even different templates, but let's focus specifically, I think on people who are hiring for VIP days and who want more help just building out something more custom. How do you recommend that people think about finding the right fit for them? Because there's a lot of, I think there's always a level of intimidation. If you are not good with tech, you can find somebody, for example, that just recommends tech stacks that they like, and they've gotten used to, or there are people who there, I mean, there are some, as far as hiring designers of people who don't understand the tech in general, right? So some people might only work in one, some people might not even understand the tech side. And so I think that's something when you hire a designer or a developer is getting clear on, oh, like what parts of the project will they handle? Because there are some that are just going to focus on design, some that will just focus on tech. And then there are those all-in-one solutions that I help train to do both of the pieces. So getting clear on those expectations and then seeing how they might be able to help guide you or support you in those areas that kind of branch off of the main project, right? Like, so if the main project is setting up a sales funnel, 
are you just going to go in and design the page or can you help integrate it with everything else and test and make sure it works well? Because not everybody is capable of doing those things. But those are the things that when I work with clients who aren't really comfortable with tech and all of it, integrating is typically where, where the issue is. I like to let them know that I'm a problem solver and we'll get it done. I haven't worked with absolutely every single thing, but keeping those, the outline, the scope of the project in line of like, what are you going to potentially need after the fact, I think is important because some people might not realize what needs to be done after, right? For sure. Because I've seen packages where hiring for clients where the hookup, for example, of the opt-in is extra over on top of like a full website design package, which for me, like for me, you did that for my site. And just now, how many years later, I'm like, I'm confident to be able to go in and well, I think I'm confident to go in and switch that out. We will see because I'm doing it this week, but <laughs> I feel like I have an understanding of how it works. Whereas in the beginning, I would have had no idea how to do that. So you could have put it up on my site, like the, you know, the box or this is where the opt-in goes. But if you hadn't, if you hadn't have connected it to my email system, I would have been completely lost. And so it's like those kind of things that even looking through somebody's packages when they send you a proposal. Do they offer them? And is there an extra charge for some of those things? Because I've definitely seen extra charges for things above and beyond. Like sometimes, you know, a sales page is obviously a whole different charge and that's a different conversation and a strategy, but things that are making your website work and making it like, you you know, you want people usually to come in there and connect with you. I'm sure you hooked up my my form so that when people booked a call, like you embedded that form, which I wouldn't have known how to do. So all those things are really critical and maybe a little intimidating to somebody who's hiring, or it's just the details we might forget to ask about because we assume like, oh, that's all in the website space, but maybe it's not um, included in certain packages. Yeah. So I think backtracking a little to finding There's like finding people who you might be interested in working with. And that's probably like really looking through in the design space, like previous projects, like you probably want to prioritize that down because there's going to be a lot of good designers. Right. And so that would be those kind of questions that we just talked about is something I think is really good for a sales call where you can kind of feel out people once you're in that decision-making phase of, okay, your design passes the test. Like, let's talk about these logistics that I'm going to be working with. And then also talking to them about like the workflow that they have and what they're going to need from you and like each step of the process. I know that's something that people coming back to me say, like, I really appreciated outlining and knowing what happened when and why that kind of conversation on the discovery call could be really, really helpful. Because if they don't exactly know the system of what's going to happen when and why that's probably where balls would get dropped. Right. And so asking simple questions about like, what's expected from me, what does it look like on the call? I think can be really clarifying. Definitely. And can we talk about the price range for the service of web design? Uh, Let's say, 
the most popular <laughs> price points for website templates that I see are sort of in that like 27 up to, you know, maybe a thousand dollar range, um, you know, give or mm-hmm. take. And so then when you talk about services, I know there's a large range. And so where can people, what can people expect and what could be some of the differences when they see somebody who has a, you know, $1,500 package, somebody might have a $10,000 package and it looks on paper to be similar things. Like what, how do you know what you need and what's the right fit? And also how do you know if that higher investment makes sense for your business? So pricing in the web design space, which I don't know if it's just web design, but I feel like it's kind of unique in it and that it ranges vastly, right? And it, I think really a lot of it that goes in depends upon the team that potentially would need to support you along the way. And so when we're looking at beginner price ranges where like you might be able to get a five page site for yeah, that 15 to maybe $5,000, um, you're probably working with someone one-on-one and they probably don't have a team to where you would be learning with them, right? If that is your price range, those people are probably learning and still figuring things out as they go. It doesn't mean you can't get an amazing product because I think we all start at some place and move on, right? But knowing those expectations that there might be things that they're learning with their systems or there might be things that they're learning with the actual build of a project that would make that project on the lower end. If we're talking about like one-on-one work at like $1,500. I I teach my designers to raise their prices with, with each project that they complete in the beginning. So that number should go up into that middle three to $5,000 pretty quickly within a few months. And at that point, they've learned repeatable processes and had, you know, situations come up that they've been able to work through and complete. And at that point, I think like that's where you're probably getting somebody who has experience, can help lead you and is more confident in themselves. But then when we talk about like $5,000 to $10,000 and $10,000 to $20,000, I think a lot of that difference is is how many people are going to be supporting this project, right? Like if you have a $10,000 website project, there's probably going to be other players at stake who may be helping you within that project as a copywriter or within that project as like the project manager. And so there just may be more touch points that you're able to get or more support through specific parts of the project that someone working one-on-one wouldn't have. Yeah, that makes total sense. So it's like, it's more of an agency and they also might have people there who could do membership sites. They might specialize in a certain part of the project to you know, like you said, there could be more of an all-in-one solution. Some teams that are coming in for those types of projects are just bigger. And so they need equal support from another agency or team in order to bring those projects to fruition. Because for one web designer to sometimes manage a team with a lot of cooks in the kitchen and a lot of opinions, I think then that's where having a dedicated project manager on the website 
side or the agency side is really helpful and maybe having somebody who does the design and who does the development. Right. Absolutely. And that's what you phrasing it that way of like thinking about potential equal, equal teams on both sides of the aisle to where I know that even when I have worked, like it's not necessarily an indication of revenue completely because I've worked with like seven figure entrepreneurs that are the decision makers on their project. They're the ones giving the feedback. They're the ones like really locked into the project. And that makes it easier when you're working with one person, like one, one-to-one in that sense, even though that person has a large business, they might be keeping their social media behind them, their, their ads people, like they've got, you know, five, 10 people in the back end, but you're not conversing with them. Most of the time when I'm working with people, it's one-on-one with that person or with that person and maybe their business manager to where the balance there is more equal. Yeah. And right. Cause it would be, it would be difficult for one on either side of the aisle to not be super balanced. It, it causes definitely a lot of frustration. And because like you said, if you work with an agency and you're maybe one person or have a very small team and they're expecting things to be produced at the same rate, it would be if you had a 10 person team, as far as copy and the assets and the photos, they're going to get frustrated on that website agency side. And the other way, if you're working, if you have a a larger team, or you just have a lot of people that are going to have input and maybe not, maybe not make decisions, but a lot of people who are going to be different parts of the team. If you have a copywriter, if you might have your own designer and you're, you choose to work with somebody who's a solo agency, you might get frustrated because they have batched their days and times to work on this. And it might not let you might not get a response within, you know, a five hour, you know, eight hour work day. So I, I think that it's a good explanation and it gives people somewhere to go with that. I really have more questions, I think, that are burning questions. I don't want to leave people with the impression that they can come into a VIP day and have a whole website built necessarily. I'm not saying that couldn't happen depending on the scope of the project, but I would I wonder if you could speak to maybe for an average project, if somebody wants if they're coming in with a blank slate and they want to have a whole website designed, does that typically look like multiple VIP days that are booked or how, how do you think about the scope of what can be done in that amount of time and line those projects up? Yeah, I think I, I love working with VIP days in that they can be super flexible for your needs, but as far as the logistics of it, it stays the same. I always tell people on calls, like it's my job to give you reasonable expectations into what we're going to accomplish. And so if someone is coming to me with a complete blank slate, we typically need to talk about branding first, right? And make sure that we get branding in place. Some people have it already. Some people need to work on that. And so that's typically where it's like, this is really a two-part project where your brand, if you need additional assets as far as beyond logos, because I always say like, I don't just do logos. The foundation work is mood board, color palette, font selection, logos can't do less than that. Yeah. And so 
because it's just the process. <laughs> but if they need things beyond that, like PDF designs or templates or slide design, business custom elements things that are like, yeah, custom elements that are like added in addition, a brand new project could take half a day, it could take two full days. It really kind of depends upon how many extras they're wanting. But we'd have to start with that. So maybe it's like one full day on branding and getting that in place. Because if those things are not in place, your website's not going to turn out well. Right. (laughs) And then for websites, I am really pretty fast with the tools that I use. I can get more done for people when we're using the tools that I use every day. I have had people who have like large websites and we're redoing the homepage and the about page design and work within that page builder. But I would not give them the expectation that we would get as many pages done as I could in one that I'm super familiar with and fast in. And so if we're starting from scratch and building a website, I would say that we can do three or four pages. But again, it's kind of custom to thinking about where they at in their business and how many things are we going to have to encompass in those pages. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like a home and about and a services page. If that services page is long like a sales page, it can kind of turn into its own beast. But a reasonable, simple three or four page site is something that I could handle in a day. But when... I've worked with people who maybe have like three different programs of courses, like for different steps of the business. Right. We're creating a different site map of how people are going to experience the site because we have kind of different avatars there. And so if that turns into like a seven page site, that's when I would say this would be a two day project. So like two day website, one day web design. And then Building off of that, if we were doing sales page design as well, those could be individual days for each funnel. For sure. There's a lot that goes into that. That's right. really helpful. But there can, if if you need, if, if you have the budget for only one day, you can prioritize what is the most difficult for you to do on your own or the thing that's preventing you from like getting momentum with it and, and handing that off to someone can still get you like farther down the road, even if it's not a hundred percent of the project. I feel like that goes perfectly into my next question, because one of the things that I love so much about you and that people might not know behind the scenes is that you very much, I've seen from behind the scenes, how your ability to have an idea and then take action on it is something that has moved you forward where sometimes people get stuck in that idea phase And they just spin their wheels, overthinking it, overthinking the tools, just not being able to fully bring it forward. And so I know that it's like, it's probably a personality trait inherent in you, but I wonder if you could speak to those of us who tend to get stuck or not be able to make forward progress with ideas in our business. Cause we might have an idea to help scale our business or, We might just have been putting off, you know, a hiring decision or something because we're not sure we don't feel like we have the information or it's going to take a lot of time. And so what would you say, like, if I sent you a boxer and said, like, what? (laughs) I have this idea, but I'm having a hard time taking action. How do I move forward? 
I think for me, yeah, I think some of it is personality, right? Because there are some people who won't think down the line at all and just start. And then there's a middle ground. And then there's some people who will just think and not start. And I'd probably say I'm in the middle because I'm definitely very analytical and overthinking and anxiety filled. (laughs) So I'm in the middle to where I definitely think about what could happen with, with each decision. But as far as tangible, actionable advice, I feel like chunking it into a list of three things that you could do to reach that high goal and not making it that you have to have 47 things on the list in order to get that goal is like taking it in a few chunks at a time and just seeing it as a little bit more manageable, right? I find it once you're in motion, it's easier to stay in motion. Prioritize like three things that can get that ball rolling. Mm-hmm. And and starting with those, I think it, it, it then makes numbers four, five, and six easier. It's like writing papers. I don't like writing at all, but always in college, like once you got start or like yeah. actually started, it's easier once you're in it or have made some progress, like then the wheels start turning, right? And so to kind of like take that barrier down from it being something huge and scary or a lot to do, simplifying it into just a couple things. Like I just love satisfaction of crossing off a list yeah. and you feel good, right? There's got to be some like psychological response there of like checking things off of the list that helps propel you forward. A hundred percent. Even with court design, you think about making it so people can make progress through, because if you feel like you're making progress and that, you know, for online courses, a lot of them have that percentage bar of how much of the course you've completed. And so for me, like seeing that percentage bar move forward is always motivation to keep going. Whereas it's, if it's a chunkier course or the videos are longer and it's harder to make that progress, I tend to get either discouraged or just really have to be intentional about finding the time to come in and consume that content. Yeah. Even if there are three things you can get done in 15 minutes, like having them done and having them organized so you don't forget for me (laughs) is I might have a lot of things pop up, but having them written down, then being able to go and cross those off really gets the ball rolling. And having somebody, I mean, I think it's pretty common terminology across the industry to say like business besties or, you know, have your like accountability groups, but there's nothing like, you know, I was, I think, was it this last weekend? I was working on two things and you're like, what can you make the biggest progress in out of those two things? Like the fastest or something like that. And I knew exactly which one I should be working on instead of dividing my attention between two things it was really satisfying to make a lot of progress in one thing. And like you said, then the momentum was going. And so then I could roll into the next thing and not be feeling like I didn't get anything accomplished because I split it into to separate piles. Yeah. Having somebody who you can verbally process with is very helpful <laughs> as well. I think. Although I can I laughed probably, I don't know how many times, several times over last week, because when we were talking and you shared that you were stuck on this one step. You're like, I feel stuck. Like I, and I was like, wait, how long have you actually been stuck? Cause I know, <laughs> I know it wasn't going to be, some people would be like weeks or months and you're like four hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's on brand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, yep. 
that that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> That's so good. Well, when people are thinking about all the places that they can find you, we will, of course, have those linked. But do you have like a main spot where you would like people to go? Because then they can find out about the course, they can find out about your templates, your VIP day services. Maybe we should also include the link to the hiring link for your program if they're looking for, mm-hmm. for people in there. I love the the hybrid of people who are you know, number one, they're investing in their self and themselves by joining, but also I know they're coming with an intention and a mindset of bridging that gap between design and tech and also having a really great client experience. So I can't say highly enough, like how much I, I recommend coming to there, either working directly with you or coming in finding like your gals that, you know, that you work with. Well, thank you. Yeah, I would say my main point of contact would be my website, of course. So just MackenzieMater.com. All all the things are on there. And then on social media, Instagram is pretty much the only place where I'm present. So try and keep up with people there. Yeah. And you can see all like the newest designs that you've been talking about. I always love seeing like whatever's hot off the presses. I always pull those <laughs> up and see like, what has McKinsey been working on and, and what's happening there. So, yeah, that's my goal is to be consistent with it. Now that school's back <laughs> again, for me, it's like social media is hard to post to. So just once you just get that ball rolling, it's a little bit easier. Definitely. It's been like that with reels. I've, I think I posted now three reels. And once I started batching them together, my husband thinks I'm crazy because like run around the house and grab different things. And he's, he's thinking, what are you doing? But once you make a couple, it's just easy to kind of keep going. And it's been a lot of fun. That's one of my goals is to do a reel. So you can keep me accountable. I can't wait. Well, you guys let me know if you have any questions after this episode. I know Mackenzie is available in her DMs. So if you have any questions for her, but if you would like to hear Mackenzie talk more about anything, a day in the life or her own personal business journey, a whole like tech episode, let us know and we'll see if we can't beg her to come back. I'll bribe her with some more candy. And <laughs> yes, sign me up. Sign me up. All right. Well, we will we'll talk to you soon.